Here comes Verhage again. He scores! Carter Verhage snaps it home! His second of the game! And the Panthers are pouring it on again! It's 4 nothing. Welcome to Project Panthers, a weekly podcast discussing your Florida Panthers. Now, here's your host, Brunswick. What a week, what a week, what a week. I am your host, Brunswick. The show is Project Panthers. And oh, baby, what a week it's been in Panthers territory. If you're hearing the sound of my voice, that means you found us on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or any other major podcast platform out there on the World Wide Web by searching Project Panthers. Remember to follow us on Twitter at Proj Panthers. That's P-R-O-J Panthers. And on Instagram, Facebook, and any other of your socials by searching Project Panthers. The record of the Florida Panthers sits at 26-7-5. Good for first place in the entire NHL. That's right. We're back to first place, just like last year. They're on fire. These guys are absolutely on fire. Un fuego. Hot. Flaming. Se le feu. Vogne. They're, <laughs> I can't explain it, just dominating in so many ways right now. They are the number one team when it comes to rush hockey, scoring more goals than any other squad in the NHL off the rush. They also generate more than two chances more a game off the rush than any other team in the league. So, like, their speed is just unmatched right now. So is their board play. The way they're constantly moving the puck and supporting the puck carrier, it gives them options. They're creating space, and they're constantly moving their feet. Playing hockey growing up, the, the coaches, they always tell you to move your feet, move your feet. They want you to move your feet. Never stand still on the ice. These guys do not stop moving their feet. Their effort is there on every single shift. I promise you, this is not easy to achieve as a hockey team. Teams in this league spend decades trying to get a perform- get to a performance level like this. The Florida Panthers did just that. We all witnessed it over the last few decades, right? My point is that you never, like, you, it's never easy to get everyone to buy into this style, this methodology. Is it's it's you need everyone on the same page for it to be successful. The space they create for themselves making plays, it makes offense so much easier. If you're the puck carrier and you feel as though you have seven options every time you have the puck, that takes a ton of pressure off of you and it lets you make the right decision instead of the rush decision. It's it's really special to see right now. And if you haven't taken the time to really slow down and appreciate what you're watching this season with the Florida Panthers. Well, it's time you did. I really hope the building starts to sell out and the crowds just keep growing. And so far, you guys down in South Florida have been doing a great job of showing up to games. And I can't emphasize how great of a season this team is having. We're all here for it. So you see what kind of level this team is at right now, especially offensively. All the lessons this team has learned, the Panthers have learned through the years from Hubie and Barkov, learning how to be pros from Yarmor Yager, Gerard Gallant coming in and instilling a certain style of relentlessness that we've seen in his other teams that he's coached. He's coaching in now. We see it in New York with the Rangers. Coach Q coming in and creating this specific style. And now Bill Zito stepping in and imprinting himself on this team more than any other executive before him. He's achieved more in his short time than anyone maybe besides Brian Murray back in 96 when the Panthers made that cup run. But I know there isn't any quantified success playoff-wise, but you have to imagine with the way they're playing, That's inevitable, right? I don't want to jinx it, but it feels like that right now, right? 
All right, all right. That's that's enough. That's a whole lot of gushing. Let's let's see how we got to the point where I start the show with a giant shit eating grin on my face from year to year. <laughs> uh, first game saw the Panthers in action against the Hurricanes, trying to bounce back from a dis- disappointing performance in Dallas. Sam Bennett still sitting out this one for his last of the three game suspension. And the morning before the game, we learned that Patrick Hornquist had entered NHL's COVID protocol program. So in his place, Alexi Heponiemi back in the lineup. Also, Lucas Carlson factors back in for Oli Uolevi. Sam Reinhart still out with an injury. So Lundell still centering the second line. Sergey Bobrovsky back in net. And the Canes throughout rookie Alex Lyon, who's sort of a rookie, kind of a journeyman guy, one of those AHL guys who's Got one of those rare starts because of all the COVID issues with teams around the league. Carolina coming into this one with a 24-7-1 record and sitting first in the league in goals against, having only given up 69. Nice on the season. Also sitting second in the league face-off, in face-off winning percentage, so you know that we will see that come into play in this one like it did on Thursday in Texas. Cats waste absolutely no time in this one as Anthony Duclair takes a Gustav Forsling pass in the neutral zone, gains the Carolina zone, and finds an open Jonathan Huberto who pots his 13th goal of the season just a minute and five seconds into this one. The Panthers tie a franchise record for consecutive periods with a goal at 15 straight with this one. Pretty impressive consistency on the offensive side from this group. We'll... It's a lot more of that in this show, I promise you that. Panthers continue to press after the goal, but after the, the uh, couple of quality chances, Etulusterainen takes an interference call in the Canes. They make them pay real quickly. Tuevo Turavainen steps off the half boards and rips a wrister on the power play that gets over Bob's shoulder, his 10th goal of the season. Cats struggled with the Canes' power play last season, and in, at least to start this game, it seemed, seemed to be a bit, a bit of a similar story. First shot of the game, and they score. So, Bob, not happy with the way this one started, that's for sure. Watching this goal back, though, it's clear that Anton Lindell, he kind of cheated a little bit to the left side. Essentially, it led to three Panthers covering two Canes in their zone when they're already shorthanded. Tara Vinen recognized this on a re- really nice heads-up play by him. You can sort of see the moment he recognizes this happening. Uh, he finds the open ice to walk in, and he picks the corner. That goal results in a huge momentum shift for the Canes as they start to control play and look to take the lead. Cats survive the flurry, and they have a flurry of their own, and thanks to their fourth line and the work of Lusterainen, uh, Lomberg, and Heponiemi. Florida really finishing their checks, making Carolina earn every piece of ice they try and get. Real, You can see the game plan that Brunette instilled in these guys before the game. They they were coming out with the body on with purpose. A lot of purpose. Uh, Canes, they get caught deep in the Panthers' zone with all three fours, forwards sitting below the Panthers' blue line. Alexander Barkov makes a nice touch pass in front of the defender just to a streaking Carter Verhage going through the neutral zone. He and Max and Mammon are on two-on-one from center ice, and Cardi V elects to shoot. His sneaky little wrister pokes through Lyon to give the Panthers the 2-1 lead with under three minutes to go in the first. Cats, they turn it up right after the goal, but Lyon and the Canes, they stand tall to end the first. Shots favor third. The Panthers 13-9 after one. Panthers, they come up flying to start the second period. Maxim Mammon misses a glorious chance in the backhand in front that just misses the net, but just moments later, Verhage gains the Canes zone after a poor line change from Carolina, and just like his first goal, he snipes it far side, this time off the goal post and in. You hear the little ping. One of the sweetest sounds in hockey. 3-1 Panthers for Hagee's 10th goal of the season. The Cats now officially have set a new franchise record for most consecutive 
consecutive regulation periods with a goal at 16. Lucas Carlson takes a tripping call a couple minutes later, but this time the Panthers are stepping up at their own blue line and challenging the Canes, making zone entry much more difficult for them. This disrupts their efforts and doesn't allow them to get anything properly set up with their formation, and the Cats, as a result, kill it off. Nice little coaching adjustment by the staff there. Great to see. Game goes a little bit low in the second period with only a few chances for both squads, but nothing to show for it before the Canes win a faceoff in the Panthers' zone. Brady Shea takes a shot from the point that beats Bobrovsky to cut the lead to one. I said that faceoffs were likely uh, going to play a factor in this one, and here we are. Similar, I promise, I wrote that note before they scored. I promise. That wasn't just a, a little trick of the trade. I did write that note before they actually did score this goal. I'm telling you. This is a similar goal to the pair that they that Dallas scored on Thursday before this game. Right off the draw, they get a shot on net. It goes in. I think it's a clear strategy that teams are using against the Panthers. They they recognize that they're weak on the faceoffs, and I think that they implement set plays. Maybe I'm being a little too paranoid. Maybe I'm not. Weger also caught out in the middle of the play on in the middle of this play, kind of out there in no man's land. Don't like to see that from him. Tough goal to give up. Panthers, they shut it down though, and they hold the Canes to no shots following their second goal as we head to the third with the Cats up three to two. But, much like the second period for the Panthers, the Canes come out flying in the third of, on their own, and they get rewarded for it. Seth Jarvis, he takes a puck at center ice, takes advantage of Uyghur being way too far up ice. I, I'm not too sure what Uyghur was thinking. I guess he wanted to cheat a little bit and maybe get an opportunity. Gives Jarvis a ton of space. He streaks in, beats Bob Shortside to tie the game at three. This is another unfortunate poor defensive effort from Uyghur on the play. You, you need a little bit more from your number two defenseman in his own zone, a little more responsibility. Honestly, defensively, there's been a bit left to desire from Uyghur's play this season. Offensively, I think he's right where he was. You know, we'll talk about him a lot this week. He's had a nice week offensively. But defensively, I I don't know if he's tired with all the minutes he's getting, averaging, I think, over 23 minutes a game right now, or if it's, if it's just him trying to be more active offensively. And he doesn't need to do that. He needs to cover his own zone because he is a defenseman first and foremost. And his positioning has been weak at times this season, noticeably weak. So I notice him struggling to read the play sometimes. And that results in him, in him getting caught in the wrong spot. Something he's got to work on for sure. But it's okay. Not all the not the end of the world. He he's still getting it done offensively, and he's not atrocious defensively. Obviously, he's got great analytics, but sometimes he just seems to be caught out of position, which is a shame. Um, Panthers they finally do get their first power play of the game with under 14 minutes to go. Interim head coach Andrew Burnett decides to put Owen Tippett out there with the top unit, but the best chance goes to Anthony Duclair, who shoots a fluttering puck at Lyon, who manages to save the knuckling shot. Personally, I would have much rather have seen Maxim Mammon or maybe Hepo Niemi out there on the top unit. Both had had much better games up to this point and probably would achieve a bit more of what they're looking for from those guys than they would from Owen Tippett. I think, you know, you're missing Patty Hornquist, so you want that net front presence. And a guy like Maxim Mammon could maybe do that. Hepo Niemi, although not a big guy in terms of, you know, the way he plays, he doesn't shy away from the physicality, and he 
he kind of messes it up in the corners, and I could see him sort of playing that role a bit in front of the net. You know, Tippett's a perimeter player. He does throw hits, but he's a perimeter player. And, you know, I understand Brunette trying to get him going in this game, but you're trying to win games here against the best team in the league. You're direct competition right now. So you got to put your best out there. And I don't think Tippett going out there was the best idea. Gudis gets called with uh, eight to go in the third. Panthers step up big time and kill off a tough penalty to take. They bail out the butcher just before they draw a penalty of their own for their second power play of the period. They do next to nothing with it again, though. With uh, about seven seconds left, Frank Vetrano takes a two-minute minor for interference. An absolutely ill-timed mistake with that hit in the Kane zone. This is an offensive zone penalty. With only a few minutes left in the game, that is, you do not want to see that. You do not. Canes, uh, they, it's okay. The Panthers, they, the penalty killing group looks really strong. And after that first goal, they, they sort of shut them down and they shut them down in this one. And the score stays tied at three, despite everyone in Pantherland being convinced that the Canes were going to score in regulation and win. They kill it off. We move on to overtime. Panthers, they do what they do best in overtime, and they maintain possession for most of the extra period. The, the Canes finally do get it back. Brady Shea, he throws a puck down the ice that Anthony Duclair intercepts at the red line. An absolutely terrible turnover from Shea. Du, Duclair was all over it. He feeds it over to Huberto and then proceeds to just bolt right to the net. Huberto shows patience, the, shows the patience of a gardener, outweights the defenseman, who at this point is dropped down to block the pass. He floats it over him to declare, who proceeds to make a lightning quick deke within a phone booth to get the puck past line for the 4-3 victory in overtime. Another beautiful goal from this team and the Panthers get a huge road win in Carolina after a tough loss in Dallas two nights before. Following a few days off for the Cats, they were back in action on Tuesday against the Canucks. Vancouver 8-1-1. Since cleaning house firing head coach Travis Green and general manager Jim Benning, an absolute dumpster fire in Vancouver. But Bruce Brudrow brought in. He's uh, got the team shaped up, ready to go, playing much better hockey. They'll, uh, the team has played well since the transition and they'll need to They'll need to in order to compete with the Panthers on home ice. <laughs> as we all know, a couple of changes for the Panthers as the two Sams, both Reinhardt and Bennett, get back into the lineup. Joe Thornton and Owen Tippett sitting this one out. Tippett still continuing to struggle, struggle to find his groove with the team. It's been a bit of a point of contention for fans this season and hasn't quite lived up to the expectations that were set for him when he was drafted 10th overall. He's getting opportunities, but failing to capitalize on them. I still think he has a future with his team, but right now things just aren't clicking for him. And when you're a young player like he is, failing to convert on chances can lead you down to a down a dark path of of despair and, and overall a loss of confidence. And an unconfident hockey player is a bad hockey player. I think Tips can figure it out, but that won't happen without getting it done. And this team right now, it's too deep of a roster, and this season is too important to spend games on Owen Tippett trying to figure out his issues. Kind of needs to do so on his own. Oli Uolevi, he also got back in the lineup for Lucas Carlson, 
in against his former team and the franchise that drafted him. Bobrovsky back in net to face Thatcher Demko, manning the goal for the Canucks. Game starts a bit slow. Both teams kind of feeling each other out a bit. Canucks had not played since around Christmas, so they were clearly trying to get their legs under them, and the Panthers, they take advantage of that. Bit of a sloppy play in the Vancouver zone as Lundell plays the puck towards the corner while falling down. Frank Vetrano picks it up in said corner, finds Ekblad at the point. He takes a shot from about 60 feet out and beats his screen to Demko for the early Panthers' 1-0 lead. Barely a minute later, another play in the Canucks zone, this time with the top line on the ice. Barkov moves on a loose puck, moves a loose puck over to Gudis, who uh, who does his best Ekblad impression. But this time, Sam Reinhardt is there to get a stick on it for his 10th goal of the season with the tip-in. Right after the goal, Radko Gudis and JT Miller square off, and they throw some fisticuffs. But the Panthers, they have an early 2-0 lead. <laughs> it was uh, Turns out Miller and Gudis, they had some chirping uh, up and down the ice before the goal was scored. So both of them, they're just kind of cashing their payments, I guess. I, I really like to see uh, <laughs> this highlight. It was great. After the goal, you see the replay, and you just see both of them look at each other right after the goal was scored. And no celebration from Gudis. There's a whole bunch of cheering in the background from the from the boys, but right to business from the butcher. The Canucks, though, do get a power play out of it since Gudis gets the unsportsmanlike for instigating, but uh, Panthers manage to kill it off. They maintain the two-goal advantage. Canucks actually outshooting the Panthers 9-3 to midway through the first period. They win a draw in the Panthers zone and set up a nice little play with Connor Garland finding Jason Dickinson in the high slot, and he buries it past Bob to cut the lead in half. This is another lost faceoff in their own zone, leading to a goal against for the Panthers. Panthers get a late power play in the first period, but they get nothing to show for it. Despite a couple of decent chances, at the end of one, it's 2-1 to one Florida. Vancouver continues to press in the second, throwing the body and pressing hard on offense. They look like a better team overall in this one halfway through the second, but down 2-1, they take an offensive zone penalty to give the Panthers their second power play of the evening. And boy, do they wish they didn't do that because... Cats, they get set up. Huberto corrals a puck in the slot, winds up his wrister and beats Demko over his right shoulder with Reinhardt screening in front. What we thought was originally Huberto's 14th goal of the season ends up being Reinhardt's second of the night with him getting a bit of a touch on it just to get it past Demko. Right off his butt, actually. Kind of like ricocheted off of Reinhardt's right butt cheek, I think, and just went in. <laughs> Love scoring goals with your ass, right? What a, what a beauty. Less than 30 seconds later, the Panthers come right back. Anton Lundell, he takes a pass down low from Maxim Mammon. He makes an absolutely Lundelicious pass. A no-look through the legs of his own and the defender's legs to Maxim Mammon, who scores a one-timer backhand over the corner of Demko, over, uh, over the shoulder of Demko in the corner. Mammon's fifth goal of the season. Lundell's sixth multi-point game of his rookie season. Vetrano also with two assists on this newly formed line with Mammon and Lundell. Arguably the best uh, the best line of the night for the Panthers. Mammon continues to impress. I love his play. Tenacity, his his effort, his uses his size. And this was a nice little finish by him. It's not an easy goal to pull off like this. Uh, I think it was NBC that did a bit of a breakdown. Not NBC, sorry. TNT that did a, did a bit of a breakdown of this goal. It was nice. It was really nice. Go on Twitter, check it out. I think I may have retweeted it. It's... Really great goal to see from the t- this two. Underrated goal of the week, for sure. Canucks, they do get a late power play in the second with Verhege getting called for high sticking. They still lead the Panthers in shots 25-19 despite being down 4-1. to 
Bob gets tested with about 30 seconds left in the man advantage, but he comes out and challenges JT Miller, comes up with the big stop. You know I've said it a million times on this show, but I'll say it again. Thank goodness Bob made that stop because on the ensuing face-off, Barkov gets out past the Canucks defense, finds himself all alone on Demko. He beats him down low for the shorthanded goal, 5-1 to one Panthers. Barkov's second shorthanded goal in three games, his third shorty in six games, 15th goal of the season, and the Cats are rolling. As the second period ends, Canucks, they continue to come out hungry, and they keep putting up shots, though. I got to command the Canucks for their effort in this game. They did not let up. Bob does look really good in this one, but the Canucks, they do get to him eventually with former Panther legend Yuho Lamico. He's find, finding a loose puck in front that slides past the down-and-out Bobrovsky, makes it a 5-2 game. The rest of the game basically goes without incident. Other than a couple of goalies flopping and extracurriculars, also rapper Kodak Black, who was at the game... Well, there was an interesting video of him getting up to his own extracurricular activities during the game in the sweet. <laughs> it's pretty surreal imagery. I suggest you check it out on Twitter if you have not seen it. I retweeted it on, on the Project Panthers account on Twitter. It's it's all over social media. It was this week. They outshot the Canucks, though. They, they, I would say that despite this 5-2 scoreline and the Panthers getting the victory in this one, I would say that the Canucks were the better team. They outshot the Cats 44-26, to and at times they were really swarming the Panthers. But Bob stood tall, and when the Canucks made the mistakes, made their mistakes, the Panthers took advantage, and that's, that's what good teams do. That's what good teams do. They take advantage of mistakes, and the Canucks got beat by the better team tonight. This is, this is how good teams win. You can apply all the strategic adjustments like Boudreaux did, but if you can't perform up to their level, you'll still probably lose. And that's the lesson that the Canucks learned in this game. An impressive victory from the Cats as they improved to 6-0-1 since their holiday break and 19-3-0 on home ice this season. Game 37 of the season saw the Cats taking on the Stars for the second time in almost a week. This time the Panthers play playing host. Before this game, we had some transaction news for the Cats. Alexi Heponiemi getting sent back down to the Charlotte Checkers of the AHL. In a, bit of, and in a bit of a surprise move, but maybe not, all things considered. Owen Tippett getting loaned to Charlotte as well for the time being. I don't know what else to say about Tippett, right? This is, this is what I talked about, and this is what he needs. He'll get more ice time down in the AHL, get a little more chance to prove himself, work out his kinks, play a more rounded game and, and figure some things out. He wasn't going to get the ice time in this one or in this season with this team. So the logical move is to move in to the AHL and and see what he can do down there. He's you know he's he has a lot of tools offensively. He has good handles, decent enough instincts and an absolute laser of a shot. His shot is ridiculous. It really is. I know the coaching staff asked him to be more responsible defensively, and and to be honest, I think Tippett has done an admirable job, of, an admirable job of advancing his defensive game. I, I trust him in his own zone a lot more this season than I did last season. That's for sure. But he's played some protected minutes with an overwhelmingly large amount of offensive zone starts. At basically two thirds of his starts off of faceoff happened in the offensive zone. So he's he's a bit protected this season compared to last season, but he has played well defensively compared to last year. I do I do stand by that. But uh, he's he's dropping in offensive production, 
And it's not to say he hasn't been getting chances. Like I said earlier, he's just not finishing them. As disappointing as it is to see him get down, get sent down to the AHL, I, I do believe it's the right move. He's been passing the depth chart, and that doesn't mean he can't climb his way back up again, but he's definitely looking at a bit of a mountain ahead of him, for sure. Wish wish nothing but for, but the best for Tippett down there. I hope he finds his game again, rebuilds that confidence. That's all he needs to do. Very similar lineup for the Panthers in this one against the Stars, with the one difference being Tippett being sent down. So uh, old Patty Hornquist gets back in the lineup after sitting out for COVID protocols. Bobrovsky back in net again with the Stars throwing out Jake Ottinger, who's having a great season of his own, sitting at a record of 9-2-0. Solid GAA, just above 2 and a save percentage in the 920s. So, really nice start for Enger. I liked what he saw from him last season with Dallas. I think this kid's got a lot of potential and could be a starter in this league for a very long time. Three minutes into this one, the Stars, they win a face-off in the Panthers' zone, but the Cats, they quickly gain possession and storm up ice on the three-on-two. Forsling, he moves it to Huberto, who finds Bennett. He sets up Forsling, who at this point has gone right to the net, and he just taps in. The easy bang bang play for the first for his first goal of the season. Crisp and precise execution by the Cats on this play. An absolute thing of beauty. B A U T Y. Cause they gotta Panthers, they don't stop there. It's the second line again. I don't really know why I call them the second line. I'm pretty sure they're the first line now. Or like one A, one B, or like one 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 A, one 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 B. Duclair makes a great play, stopping the, stopping the puck on the sideboards in the Dallas zone. He, uh, he plays the give and go with Huberto. He gets all the space in the world as Bennett draws two guys in front of the net to him. He walks in on Ottinger, uncontested, beats him for the 2 nothing lead. Duclair's 15th goal of the season. Huberto with his second assist of the period. The Panthers are flying once again on home ice. I talked about it on last week's show, this Huberto-Bennett-Duclair line. It was so special last season. I know Duke's defensive game wasn't trusted last year, but I'm glad it is this year. Also, Huberto's defensive game getting trusted a lot this year, too, with him on the penalty kill. He, he's never looked this good defensively. I assure you that. It's, they're magical together. They're just magic. That's right. I said magical. They're magical. The chemistry this trio has is really something special. They all complement each other's games so well, and that mix really does a lot to disrupt the defense and allow... It allows each of them to flourish in their strong suits. Duke's speed is is able to show since he's by far the fastest guy on the ice, on that line at least. Huberto has tons of lanes to pass to with Duke moving around and Bennett creating space in front and in the corners. And Bennett can do what he wants out there physically. It's just such a pleasant thing to watch every single night that they play. Stars, they do get some chances throughout the opening period, but Bob, he makes the saves he needs to, and the Panthers come out with a 2-0 lead after a pretty one-sided period in terms of high-danger chances for the Panthers. Cats, they don't skip a beat to start the second. Just five minutes in, Cardi V, Carter Verhage gets on the board with his 11th goal of the season with a great shot from the slot to beat Ettinger. And just, a f- just moments after that, the second line, which again, I don't know how I can call him that, they strike again. Duclair, he steals the puck behind the Dallas net. He finds Huberto streaking to the front of the goal. He scores as well. Makes it it 4-0 in a hurry. Panthers completely smothering the Stars. Jake Ettinger gets pulled in favor of Anton Hudobin. As the Stars, they look for any sort of spark to turn this game around for them. Panthers, they 
kill a penalty on uh, midway through the second period, and not long after that, Sam Bennett draws a penalty himself that puts the Cats in the power play for the first time in the game. You know how this goes. Bennett gets rewarded a couple of minutes later, just before the power play is about to end. He walks into the slot. He snipes a shot blocker side on Hudobin for the 5-0 lead as the fans begin the all-too-familiar chant of We Want 10. We Want 10. For the second time in a few weeks, unbelievable hockey on home ice from this group right now. Not long after the Bennett, uh, after that, Bennett finds a puck in front of the Stars net off a bad turnover. He beats Hudobin glove side again. Another goal for Bennett. Scores his second of the night. Four goals in 10 minutes for the Panthers. Just a insane second period for this group. Third period starts a bit differently, though, as Rupe hits. He breaks into the Panthers' zone about a minute into the third stanza, and he goes wide on Bob, gets the puck to his back end, and just tucks it past an outstretched Bobrovsky to break the Dallas goose egg. Rupe Hintz is one hell of a hockey player. Started the season really slow, struggling to find his footing, but he has turned it around the last couple of months for the Stars. He is a top-tier NHL player right now. Pay attention to him next time the Panthers play the Stars, which not not going to happen again this season, but he's going to be a name we hear around this league for a very long time. It's a little bit more than four minutes to go. The second line, which again, 1A, 1B, 1 whatever, they do it one more time. Duclair, he streaks in, gets past the two Dallas defenders, backhands it over, over to Sir Samuel, Sir Samuel of House Bennett, and he finishes it off for his third goal of the night, second hat trick of the season for Bennett. Panthers move back into first place in the NHL and improve to 20 Three and O on home ice. Huberto with another four-point game, and just he sits just two points shy of the lead league. Incredible stuff. Panthers though, right back in action the following night against the Columbus Blue Jackets, another team from their brief time in the Central Division last season. Blue Jackets going with oh oh. Oh, Elvis Merzlikens. You like that? Oh, yeah? No? Yeah? Oh, oh, oh. Okay, that's enough. Cats counter surprisingly with Bobrovsky again, despite Spencer Knight. Coming off the protocol list, I think everyone was kind of expecting Spencer Knight to get at least one of the starts this weekend, but Brunette elects to go with Bobrovsky for both games. Uh, zero lineup changes beyond that for the Panthers. Nothing. Nothing. Don't mess with what ain't broke, Brunette. Don't do it. Panthers, they come out with some purpose again in this one. It's been the theme all week. 46 seconds into this game, Ryan Hart gets some open space in the Jackets zone after a broken play. He gets stopped, but the puck eventually works its way back to Uyghur, who backhands it on net, and Carter Verhage is there to bury the rebound past the sprawled-out Elvis oh, and the early one nothing lead. Just a minute later, the Jackets get called for tripping with Gustav Nyquist going to the box and the Panthers... They make him pay for that infraction. Just seven seconds into the power play, Huberto f- feeds Duclair in the, in the slot, and he one times at home for his 15th goal of the 16th goal of the season. Leads the team in that category. 2 nothing Panthers, barely two minutes into this game. With the assist, Jonathan Huberto ties a Florida Panthers record with his eighth straight game, registering at least an assist, tying the record set by former Panthers captain Ole Jokinen almost 20 years ago at this point. Eh, like more like 15. But uh, just 
insane performance from this team right now. Another hype start for the Cats. Their offense looks completely untouchable right now. I've never seen a team perform offensively like this before. They are near perfect in the opposition zone. That is insane to even think about, to be honest. But they are human, and they do make mistakes. The Duke gets called for two minutes. Called, called two minutes for slashing. So the Jackets, they get the chance to get it right back. Get right back into this game, but ah, ah, ah. The Panthers don't even need five guys on the ice to score. As the power play winds down, Weger catches a bunch of Jackets too deep in the Panthers zone. He takes the puck himself all the way from the Panthers zone. He likes to shoot it on the two-on-one. Scores his third goal of the season. Panthers with a 3-0 lead with goals on the power play, shorthanded, and at even strength less than 10 minutes into this one. Just moments after his goal, this goal, Merzlikens is forced to make another incredible save to keep it 3-0. Absolutely robbing Sam Bennett with left pad. So Elvis, oh, keeping the jackets in it, doing his best he can, to be honest. A few minutes later, Panthers continue to show absolutely no mercy. Verhage gets into the zone. He rips another glove side goal past Merzlikens. His second of the period, it's 4-0 Panthers. 13th goal of the season, his fifth goal in four games. Interim head coach Andrew Burnett, he described Cardi V as a tenacious player, and boy, is he ever tenacious. His tenacity is almost unmatched on this team, and that's saying a lot with a group like this. The entire room, they stick to their game, and they play at such a solid level, but Carter Verhage is a shining example of that every single night. He plays his game every night. You know where he's going to be, what he's going to do, and how he's going to perform every night. Again, I'm gushing about him because he scored five goals in four games, but Zito picked this guy seemingly out of nowhere from Tampa and look at the kind of player he is. The Panthers, they got a perennial 30-goal scorer in Carter Verhage, and he's still on that $1 million contract. The contract he signed in the offseason still hasn't triggered yet. Wow. As a result of Cardi V's goal, though, Elvis, oh, he's singing the blues because he's getting pulled in favor of Jonas Corposalo. Second time in two nights, the Panthers have forced a pull on the starting goaltender. They got a late power play to boot, but the Jackets, they managed to stave off, save that one off, and the first period ends with a merciful score, merciful score of 4 nothing. as we get some more We Want 10, We Want 10 chants from the crowd at Florida Live Arena. Even earlier than last night, Panthers absolutely relentless through the period, outshooting the black Blue Jackets 22-8. That relentlessness picks up right where it left off to start the second period as the Cats. They get a couple of glorious chances to start the second, and on their final one, Hubert O'Line gets it done again. Not going to call him second line anymore, just the Hubert O'Line. This time, Ubi himself does the honors on a scramble play in front that Bennett gets to Hubert for the goal. Panthers lead 5 nothing. Their 15th time this season is scoring five goals or more. A stat I posted on our Twitter account during this game. Now, these I did kind of arbitrarily pick these three seasons, but I chose to pick three of the darker seasons we've experienced as Panthers fans cheering for this team. That's why I chose this specific group of seasons, but stay with me here. So, From the start of the 2001-2002 season to the end of the 2003-2004 season, the Florida Panthers scored five goals 
or more only 18 times. That's three total seasons. Three full seasons of 82-game hockey. They managed five goals. That's, quick math here, 246 games, if my math is correct. They scored five goals or more 18 times. This game, this is game 38, and they've already done it 15 times this season. We fans have suffered a long time to finally be able to watch a team seemingly score at will. Damn, is it just beautiful to see. Hubie now with 20 points in his last eight games played, shooting up the league scoreboard. A few minutes later, Lomberg takes a high hit behind the Jackets net that results in a four-minute power play for the Panthers. But Columbus does a surprisingly good job of killing it off. But it doesn't matter because a minute after the double minor expires, rookie Anton Lundell adds to the Panthers' lead with a shot from the slot, making it a 6 nothing game. For the second time in two nights, the Panthers hold a 6 nothing lead in the second period. Thankfully for the Blue Jackets, the period ends at that score with the shot sitting at 36-15 in favor of the good guys. Cats start the third, taking a penalty, and the Blue Jackets finally manage to get one back. Gustav Nyquist scoring with the man advantage to make it 6-1. to one. But just a minute later, the Panthers come right back. It's Mr. Hattrick from the night before. Sir Samuel of House Bennett scores his 15th goal of the season. Three Cats now at 15 goals or better on the year. Crazy numbers this team is putting up. They're still not done, though. A few minutes later, Weger finds Lindell sitting all alone in front of the net. He makes it 8-1 to one as the We Want chants roar out in the Florida Live Arena. Fans losing their minds. Absolute madness right now from this team and the fans of the building. I don't think I've ever seen offense like this over a couple of weeks, over a two or three week period in my entire life, in all my years of watching hockey. It's just, it's insanity. It really is. And they still weren't done. Just a few minutes after that, Ryan Lomberg throws a puck on net. It too finds an opening on Corpusalo. The game reaches 9-1. to one. Suddenly, the 10 chant becomes a real possibility. But the Blue Jackets aren't happy getting stomped. And Boone Jenner decides to whip a wicked, wicked wrister shot over Bob Farside. Makes it 9-2. to two. Panthers, they really, really pushed hard for that 10th goal. You could tell they wanted it. They wanted that 10th goal. They wanted to give it to the fans. But Corpusalo made some huge saves down the stretch. Props to him for hanging in there and uh, trying. Because it didn't look like the rest of the team was trying much anymore. But he was. Lundell hit the goal post late in the game. Uyghur, he missed a great breakaway opportunity. They just couldn't get to double digits. Regardless, another incredible performance by this group in this game. A 9-2 final. Panthers scored nine goals for the second time in a few weeks. 16 goals over their last two games played. They haven't scored less than four goals since December 16th. And that was against the LA Kings when they were icing the Florida Checkers because it was mostly an AHL squad at that point, right? What a run they're on right now. Uyghur with a career-high four-point night. I tell you, Corpusalo. He had a great game despite giving up that five spot himself. This game could have easily been 12 or 13 by the end of it. No joke. Now, despite all the love and success for this team right now, and trust me, there is a lot. I'm going to end this show on a point that should help ground us a bit as a fan base. Personally, 
I can feel my head floating up into the stratosphere right now. So to bring us all a little back down to earth, I'm going to leave you with this. The team still sits bottom three in face-offs in the league. We've seen the opposition take advantage of this and run plays against the Cats that have led to goals off the face-offs. I've talked about it on this very program. We saw examples last week. We've seen examples this week. They're playing this, this you know, style, but this is something that I think the Cats really need to address come playoff time, the face-offs. Like, the style is fun. Don't get me wrong. They're playing fun, run-and-gun hockey. I'm not so sure it's going to be so easy to score nine goals a game come playoff time. It's not going to be that easy. We all know it's not. Their competition will be better than the Stars and the Jackets over the last couple of games. So don't let that fool you. Possession is king in the playoffs, and we all know the games tighten up a lot in the postseason. Refs put their whistles away, and they let teams play. A lot more clutching, a lot more grabbing. A lot harder to get space. I do think the Panthers are destined for success in the playoffs this year. They really have something special right now. But these are the kind of things that you have to start considering as the inevitable birth into the playoffs happens and focus suddenly shifts away from the 9-2 games and the we want 10 chance and shifts to what have you done for me lately with a franchise that hasn't won a single playoff series since 1996. That's the show for this week. I am Brunswick. Thank you once again for tuning into the latest installment of Project Panthers. The Panthers are on the road again, this time at the great, up to the Great White North for the annual West Coast road trip to Calgary, Edmonton, and Vancouver. So some late night Panthers games coming up, then Seattle and Winnipeg before returning back home on the 27th against the Golden Knights. We've seen the Cats struggle on the road despite the impressive wins against the Hurricane, against the Hurricanes last week. We'll see what kind of Panthers team shows up on this road trip. The West Coast swing is never easy, despite two of the three Canadian squads really struggling right now. The Panthers are going to have to bring their A game and continue to build on this massive, overwhelming, and insane success they've developed on home ice. Remember to follow us on Twitter at Proj Panthers. That's P-R-O-J Panthers. And on all major social media and podcast platforms by searching Project Panthers. Thanks for tuning in. I am Brunswick. Go Cats, go. Have a week.